All right. I can't tell you how many times at the end of a season, like youth season, or two weeks ago was the high school season, or two weeks before that was the girls' season, uh, when people will look at me and say, do you get a break after this? And I always try to be nice. I always try to pretend that I have a break, but I just pause for a second and I go, uh, no, actually, we're running a 52-team tournament next weekend, so no, we don't get a break. Um, that's not the question. The question is, when is your break, Peter, and when you do get the break, where are you going? I can't believe you would ask such a loaded question while we're recording. I'm ready to go. I do this rant every time I get in my car after one of our Good. Events. Let's hear it. Uh, there is no break. But it's kind of like shooting yourself in the foot and then being mad that you got shot in the foot because we do this to ourselves. Yes, we, we do. do this to ourselves. If I had the time, I would drip hot candle wax on my <laughs> arms because I just love pain that much. That's what it's like at this point of the season. Wow. Wow. Um, so dark. So to, dark. To be totally honest, there is no break. There's no real break. I mean, there's... I'm going on a break. I'm taking 10 days off. Yeah, you're going on a break. There will be some magical award or event no. or referee dinner that no. pops up during the spring that all of a sudden requires four days and no, 45 hours of attention. You have, you have been given plenty of PTO <laughs> or you can take breaks. That's I true. Wonder, I got, I, I you got go, to, where are you going to go? That's the question. I, not, not hot candle wax on your arms. <laughs> I for sure. It's just, where are you going on a break on a vacation? You've already said uh, a few to me. You said Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, you said some certain things. I'm really excited. That's depressing. Uh, I know you're going to Nashville, but that's not really a break. Not, not going to Nashville. Well, you're going somewhere. I, I don't know if I'm going to Nashville. I just right. told my mother last night that I still had to learn my fate about Fort Myers, Nashville. No, you're not Vegas. going to Fort Myers. I'm not going to Fort Myers. No, Dang you're it. either going to Nashville. I don't. Do you really want to go to South Carolina two years in a row? Not really. I know no. the lay of the land down there pretty well, though. Yeah. I got my yeah. route mapped out. I know I'm going to Winnipeg. Um, and I might be going, and I'm going to California. That's not vacation, though. Well, my family's going to California with me. I got. Uh, I still got to talk about I like Coach Hockey. It's going to be like, where are you going, Dad? I'm going to the rink where I like to be. So, where, so uh, do you have a Mil place? We're going to Milwaukee. We're going to see Foo Fighters and Green really? Bay. Really? Yep. I'm jealous. Yeah. That makes Milwaukee sound better. It totally does. Not a not a big live music guy, but we're going to go to that. And then uh, going to Itasca State Park. Wow. With my whole family. That'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be a good time. And then are we going to go anywhere else? I was trying to talk my dad into going to Toronto with me, but he won't do it. I think he should. I think he should, too. I mean, I he's really 73. Do. I don't know how much more time I have with I my father. Uh, Kayla, I hear you're going to, like, Arizona or where yeah. are you going? I'm going to Arizona. This They're weekend. hosting for work. The though. PH. Yeah, it's yeah, not a break. <laughs> but is it really? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like ha half. On, it's maybe. a half and half. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna come back tan. No, you're not. Yes, you well, are. No way. Yes, well, are. I don't. And, and I have no idea what the over, schedule is. Probably hung over. Yeah, probably hung over. <laughs> All um, that drinking you did in your teen years is going to catch up to you. To photograph the Isabel Cup Championship. Yep. 
Is it a, is it a single game or is it a two out of three? Listen, what is it? Okay, so their their playoff was they was won two out of three. And they won. They swept. They Dude, this is this is literally yeah. one game. It's one game in Arizona. They're f- hold on. They're flying everybody to Arizona for one game. They do that all the time. That's how they. That's how this Dude. works. There's only seven teams in the country. <laughs> Maybe they should just do the entire Isabel Cup playoffs at one location then. Yeah, that would make sense. I think they have to give the upper seeds the... Home ice advantage? Something like when that. When do you go um, down there? Uh, like Thursday. Thursday. You're going down Thursday. There's nothing Friday or Saturday. And then the game is at 8 p.m. Central on Sunday. No way. Why are you going three days in advance? Dude. Do you think I know? Pictures. No, I don't. Think you you know. think I know. They're probably doing practice and stuff. They want pictures. Media for. day. Know. Yeah. There's okay. media day. I'm excited. That actually sounds fun. You get to party with the best women's hockey team on the planet. And they're really, they're really fun to watch. So they are fun. People to watch. should tune in. Go Whitecaps. Go Whitecaps. Well, Where can we see that game? It's on ESPN Plus. Yes. It, it lo- this says ESPN two. Oh, really? then the deuce. They, they might. I think they awesome. probably because it's the championship. All the other games during Run the year ESPN are ESPN+. Plus. All right, so ESPN2 and TSN. That's cool. Sunday, March 26th at 9 p.m. Eastern. The Minnesota Whitecaps taking on the... What are they playing? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. You I just learned that them. I was... Yeah, but I don't... I, I pay attention to their games. Okay. I'm well, sorry. this is their game. Actually, they, they still the have Connecticut Whale. It's either the Whale or the Toronto. Oh, okay. Six. So they haven't played yeah. yet because oh, they so played they a night. Yep. Yeah. They My Toronto two out of six. three. Your Toronto. Six. I'm the biggest Toronto. Six I know you fan have a. This. I you got have the a coat. Ja- I got the jacket. I got the. I, I, I got <laughs> the, the jacket. Fever. The jacket. I have the fever. <laughs> The fever. Well, today's show, if you're still listening, is going to be all about youth hockey and not our travels and not about women's hockey. And Although it, there will be some women's hockey takes in the news it, coming And if right you're up. not listening anymore, you don't deserve the rest of the show. You don't. So go away. Bye. You need to stay up out the streets if you can't take the heat. Kayla, you talk to the TV, don't you? What do you mean? When you said bye, you were so proud of your level of trash talk there. <laughs> what do you the mean? Look, the look on your face, you're like. <sighs> what do you I mean I talk to the TV? What's, what's the TV? She totally. Do you, do you what's like, on the TV? When do you I talk like talk it? trash to the TV shows that you watch? You probably do. You uh, yeah, for sure. I was, she's I was watching, watching. She's watching The Bachelor. She's like, don't pick the Bachelor. Him. She doesn't don't watch The him. Bachelor. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, you strike. Oh, you do. Oh my god, I love reality TV. Reality TV is my favorite. That is trash. Have you that seen? Is trash. Have you seen the new version of that show? It's like FarmersOnly.com on TV only. though. No, far, farmer looking for a. No, it's oh yeah, farmer, I was like uh, oh, farmer. It's more trash, just trash. Farmer wants have a you, wife. Have you ever? Yeah, have you ever watched it though? Farmer have, wants. Have you ever a watched what? The Bachelor? It's hilarious. Eight minutes. No, it's gross. It's just, no. it, it's cringe. It's hilarious. Full cringe. I don't so watch bad. it because I think they're going to find love. I oh, watch no. it because it's hilarious. It's a bunch of people getting drunk, no, making dude. 
you, trying to kill each other. So shallow. I you mean, know what? Just, you know what? So dating shallow. show actually it's wanted to match people. There was a show. What was that? It? Really wanted to put people together. Uh-huh. And honestly, the dating it was, game. It was emotionally. It was emotional watching it. I remember watching the finale. Uh, it, it was Flavor of Love. <laughs> wow. <And> Flavor Flav. <laughs> I don't even know Flavor? what this is. Flavor Flav. Is this an MTV show? Hell yeah. It's yeah, I can tell. No it's an MTV2 show. I Flavor can tell. Flav. He picked somebody named Hoops. Hoops with a Z. Oh. Uh, as his love. They did not last. No. Wow. Well, this no. show is going to last forever uh, because we're never going to get to the content. Um. <laughs> Oh, I got a lot of opinions on Rock of Love too with Brett Michaels. Oh, here we go. God, that was yeah, a good one. That was a terrible, good one too. Terrible. I never, I never knew that. What was uh, the concept to actually for a rock star to find love? Yeah, it was yeah. The Bachelor, but it was, it was Brett so shat. That's even more shat. <laughs> what about what Michaels. about Love Is Blind? Have you ever seen that? Oh no, no they hide behind a wall so they can't see what the other person looks like. So we've taken the most basic. That's hilarious. Hold on, we've taken the most basic. And they have to propose before they can see each other. See each full other. Propose- full you're, proposal. You're telling me that we've taken the most basic human emotion, which is love, love and we have made an absolute love. mockery out of it, so that Procter and Gamble can, can sell, sell us one of fifty thousand products. Some detergent. Yeah. Oh, Some man. toothpaste. What does Procter and Gamble have to do with it? Procter and Gamble owns sell the ads. world. They're selling their stuff. Oh. Procter right. and Gamble owns the world. So does Nabisco. Is that news to you? What? Uh, uh, Procter and Gamble sells you a bunch that of stuff. They sell me stuff on The yeah. Bachelor. I don't listen to what they're selling me. Oh, I just, I just you go, do. I just go in for Little the, do you know. Yeah. It's all, what's Nine that called? Nine impressions is the watch, first key watch the, to a sale. Watch the end credits of The Bachelor. I bet the wardrobe was provided by like men's warehouse. Oh, it's uh, Neil, Neil Lane is the one who provides their Joseph uh, their ring. See? You know this? Oh, stuff. I do. He he comes and he's like, here so are all the rings you when, can choose from. When, wow. Okay, so when the finest cubics are when the him. lucky man who proposes to you pulls out a ring and it's not Nick Lane, Nick you, Lane, Nick Clane or whatever. Neil it is. Lane. Neil Lane. Are you going to be like? Nick I'm taking that. Bye. Right? Is yeah, that what you know do? me. I just yeah. I'm all about the ring. That I don't really guy. care about the man. I just want that big rock on my hand. That lucky guy. That mm-hmm. lucky guy. <laughs> Kayla's gonna order a six pack of those silicone rings on Amazon. Can you tell we don't want to talk about hockey today? Because we're gonna do <laughs> it eventually. I'm so out on hockey right now. Seven we're games we're at baked. least this week. There is a lot to cover. There, there is a lot is. to cover. We all saw several games. We saw bits and pieces of 14 games, wouldn't it be? Yeah, because we had we had the double. I had yeah. eight on Friday. Oh. I had four. You would have had eight on Friday. Fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, 14. yeah, yeah. Bits and pieces of fourteen. Fourteen games. When you're going back and forth on that Friday, it's quite the madhouse. Uh okay. Before we get to state tournament and some other juicy stuff that we would like to talk about, let's talk about uh some news. Wisconsin wins the uh national championship in women's hockey yesterday and won a very exciting semifinal over minnesota and brianna was there i thought she did a nice job getting some great pictures and some good quotes and stuff like that i gave her props yesterday when she was working with me at prior lake um five minnesota girls hockey players women uh were on that team 
And one heck of a troll, I thought, by the Wisconsin uh, SID or whoever is in charge of posting those things. They said that Wisconsin is now the state of ho- state of women's hockey, which I found to be amusing, considering there were zero women from Wisconsin on the team. Five from Minnesota, at least one from North Dakota. Yep, Britta Curl. Yeah. Uh, those five, Sophie Helgeson of Rozo, Mason Toft from Alexandria, Claire Enright, Lakeville South slash Farmington, Vivian Jungles, Edina, and Katie Kotlowski from Warroad. So congratulations, yeah. ladies. Yep, good job. That was uh, pretty cool. I think that was a surprise, too, because they beat uh, Minnesota, who was ranked above them, and then they beat the Yeah, they were the lowest seed. seed. They were the lowest Ohio seed, but I, everybody knows it was those three kind of, you know, Ranked number one all year long, kind Wisconsin of bopping around. Beat Minnesota twice in the regular season. Yep, too. they beat them three times. Oh, in three the regular times. season. Yeah, coming yeah. into the playoff, they had the upper hand going into the playoff, but Minnesota won the playoff. It was like one, three, and one. Yeah, I think there might have been a shootout Hold in there on. too. Where did I made all these? While notes. you're doing that, I will pull up the news about Gustavus. Now, this is an interesting note. Um, you kept hearing the word West the, yesterday. If you if you're following Twitter. It was the first team from team from the West that actually won Division Three. Uh, the West, yeah, well, the West. Minnesota's in the middle of the country. I know. Well, from a hockey perspective, we are on the western edge, and I think the what the good point of this is that when you keep hearing the West, I think the West will eventually be based on just on the numbers alone will eventually take over in Division Three women's. They win in overtime over UMass Amherst. Um, 22 Minnesota girls uh, are on that team, which is definitely impressive. And one of the Holland sister, I believe it was Caitlin Holland, who scored the game-winning goal, Aberdeen, South Dakota. Um, and one more note on here I want to talk about the head coach. And I'm totally missing. I know his last name is Carol, but there's so many Carol brothers, I can't keep track of them all. The head coach doesn't know it yet, but I'm about to send him an email. From yeah, I know you are. I know you are. Let's find out which Carol brother. I want to say it's Mike, but if I say it, it's gonna be wrong. I don't think it's Mike. Uh, I know that Steve, the brother, the brother, he's the goalie coach. I met him on a recruiting. This website is kind of tough to navigate. I know. I'm literally lost right now. Fine. I don't want fine arts. I want to see your roster. I know. I know. It's rough. Why why are you hiding this? All right. Well, anyway, that was fun for a minute. But uh, I was what what got me to thinking is. How many state titles the Carroll's brothers won, and then how many national titles? I know one of the brothers won a national title while at Wisconsin, so now we got two brothers win the national championship at Gustavus while coaching. Pretty impressive family lineage that the Carroll's have. So, Oh, no doubt. Um, impressive. An impressive. Impre- an impressive program. Yeah. The yeah. we were both down there in the last uh, month. Yeah. I was down there. I was impressed with the rink, the facilities, second to none. So when the season ends, and during the year, I pick up little ideas for stuff I want to do during the off season, stuff that we can fill the website with, little feature stories and what have you. And when I went down for the New Alm Laverne Section Three final, I chatted with a Gustavus student who was working the rope. Um, stopping people from going down to the glass. Yep. And he and I were talking, and he just said, you know, it's it's uh, it's funny. The women's program is the dynasty here. No one goes to the men's games, but they basically sell out all of the women's games. No way. And I was looking at all the banners, and I thought, is Gustavus the most 
underappreciated dynasty in Minnesota hockey. So that's going to be the premise for the feature. And Patrick Royce, you wrote an article in, in February, and now he's trying to take credit for the national championship. I mean, I, in, you know, tongue-in-cheek he was. I saw a tweet of his and immediately muted Pat Royce. Ah, good for you. Because I value my inner peace. Good for you. Um, we also announced our Player of the Year uh, finalists. Do you want to start? Want to talk about each? each still, of them? I'm still trying to find a women's hockey still, yeah, roster for Gustavo. This well, is I had impossible. The I had the roster. That was easy, but the coach wasn't on the roster. Where, where is this? Though? I'll just sit it's back. just like there. I got it, but I, the coach is not listed. So. If the coach isn't listted, then I don't I'm, have. I'm kind of in trouble. Him. So I think it's Mike. <laughs> I think it's Mike Carroll. I know it's a Carroll. He looks just like here. I can show you a picture of him. You tell me if that does not look like Jim Carroll's brother. Look at this. What? That's okay. No, you don't, don't have, have to. It. You don't have to find anything for me. Right. Uh, we can start with our uh, Wiz Wyatt Player of the Year. That was the first one Got that we pulled up there. that we released. Uh, six Pee Wee Double A players that have proven to also be good students, uh, multi sport athletes, multi sport athletes. Yeah, with good. We saw grades. a couple of them this weekend, but not a lot of them made it out of regions. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Just, it is what it is. You uh, know. Johnny Blado. From you saw this Chaska weekend. Chan I did. Dylan Donne from Edina. Yep. Owen Conrad, Eden Prairie, Drew Corton, Moorhead, and Nash Road, White Bear Lake, and Landon Samper Matamidi. So at my count, two of the six made it yep. to the state tournament. Yep. Okay. Two of the six. Two of the six. And Corton's team won. You saw yep. that yesterday. We'll get to that in a, in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I saw a lot of great. Peewees when I was there, I, you know, I saw all eight of the, well, all 16 of the teams, all eight of the winners on Friday afternoon. It was quite the day down in New Alm. I'll get to that in a little bit. But I, I thought that the, there were a lot of great players that were kind of on display there and playing at their greatest in the finest hour. And their finest hour is the state. That state Friday is always so fun because there's still, everybody's still alive, right? Yeah. You know, there's still a bunch of enthusiasm. Like the Peewees did their banquet on Friday night instead of Thursday night. So it was kind of cool. Weird. Yeah, I think it was just travel. People would have had to literally travel, like from mm. World would have had to travel 10, 11 hours. You know, so. That's interesting. I, I thought of that yesterday. No, on Saturday when they awarded the Patty Kazmaier Award to Sophie Jocks from yep. Ohio State. And I was kind of like, I mean, I guess everybody's there. Yeah, but why not just do it the day after? But I suppose they play on. Sunday I like when too, they do it. They, that's how they do the Hobie Baker Award. Um, so they do it the, the day between. So oh well. All right. Uh, so we went for the Wiz finalist. Yep. You want to go to? I got the Bantam player. The Bantam's right pulled up. Here. As you're pulling them up, I'll start talking about it, and then you can pull up the girls in a minute. So. Uh, Bantam Player of the Year. There were six this year, correct? There were five or six. I know that there were. I know Wyzetta, Eli Moldy was one of them. There were six, yeah. I know that uh, AJ Francisco was one of them. I know there were two from Moorhead that <laughs> I saw yesterday. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm just trying to. Go ahead. In alphabetical yeah, order, Tyden Bergeson. There we go. Good AJ player. Francisco. Yep. Logan Lettner. Yep. Eli Moldy. Yep. Casey Vandertop. Yep. State Zach, champion. And He'd prefer you to call him state champion, Casey Vandertop. I'm pretty sure he would prefer if I called him Casey. <laughs> uh, Zach Zimmerman. Yeah. 
Those those three were on display yesterday, Ber, uh, Bergeson, and they were making they were a huge part of the game. Uh, Freddie Schneider gets the game winner, but KC made some beautiful end end rushes and really made. He had he scored on a two on zero, and uh, Brad Soderberg's like, I think it was more like a four on zero. I mean, they just got trapped on a on a shorthanded situation, and mm. KC uh, was able to score. It's actually feet were behind the goal line, his stick was ahead of the goal line, he was able to slide it. Past Hudson Ferry on a beautiful two on zero to to get the game get the score scoring started in that first game. So yeah. I was quite impressed with the ones that I saw this weekend. That's for sure. Well, it's nice to know that the people that we privately poll for these awards aren't lying. Right, Wouldn't that be right. nice. Right. No, they were dead on. <laughs> they were dead on there. All right. How about girls' player of the year? The Sue Ring Jarvie Girls' Player of the Year finals is made up of girls' youth players. And this year we've got Opal Anderson, Grand Rapids Greenway 12A. She had a fantastic state tournament. State runner-up, yes. Sydney Boss Crone, Minnetonka 12A. Yep. Maya Dutton, Alexandria Another 12A. semifinalist, yeah. Tala Hansen, YZ of 15A. Mm-hmm. Gianna, we still don't know if it's cheesy or Casey, do I'm we? I'm going cheesy. You're going cheesy? Okay. Gianna Marchese, Rosemount 15A. I went to high school with a kid who had a last name. Spelled the exact same way. Really? And then Amelia Such, Centennial Spring Lake Park, 12A. She had another good tournament, too. She'll be get her name read off she again. Did. I think a lot of these girls get their name read off when we get to the uh, tournament. And top it's scores. almost the inverse of the Peewees. It's like every one of these girls did make it. the state tournament. Yeah, they I think did. Rosemount made it. No, they did not. Oh, they didn't. Okay. They did not. Just a little bit about the award. Suring Jarvie Girls Player of the Year Award is named after one of the pioneering figures in girls and women's hockey in Minnesota's history. The Roseville native Suring Jarvie, at that point Suring, native organized and played on the first University of Minnesota women's hockey club team in 1974. She's the daughter of Jane Ring, another matriarch of the girls hockey scene in Minnesota, who helped form teams in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnetonka, Hopkins, Burnsville, Moundsview, Bloomington, and Roseville. Um. I have another piece of news here. So I wanted to, so a little bit different um, set of news um, related to, to this is this award is not a, not that these girls aren't multi-sport athletes or um, good students. I'm just saying this award is straight about high quality player with great passion for the game. Uh, obviously if you're in this if you're in this mention, you have high passion for the great game. So our job is to go find the best player in youth hockey. So this is going to be the 12A and 15A skaters. Um, if we find a 10A girl, we might mention her, but I don't think we would give a 10A the I award. Don't, no, it's I just too hard. It's way too hard. If we're not going to do it for squirts, and we're not, then correct. I wouldn't we're not do it for 10A. Correct. So we're going to find that 15A and and t- or 12A young woman and. Uh, Give her her due. Uh, I think we made some good choices here. Uh, this a lot of talent week. on this list, man. Here's an interesting little factoid here. Um, also involved with, we are also involved with the Jane Ring and Sue Ring Jarvey Hockey Scholarship, where three winners will be announced in the next, I don't know, 10 days. Uh, and their seniors in high school will be each receiving a $3,000 college scholarship so we will announce her 
uh, the, the, those three winners and do interviews with them uh, sometime in the next 10 days. So I'm excited for that. Two of them are local, and one of them is from the 218. So when we make that announcement, it'll be a fun little time to engage with three outstanding hockey players. I can speak for all three of them. They're great hockey players, and they are obviously good students as well to earn this scholarship money. So we'll announce that as well, the Jane Ring and Sue Ring Jarvie Hockey Scholarship. Uh, we will announce later uh, in the next 10 days our goalie of the year, boys, goalie of the year. That speaks for all levels. That squirts all the way to high school. And then 10A all the way to high school for uh, our goalie of the girls' goalie of the year award. And we've had some real nice, well-represented names through that award over the year. Ben Dardis, um, obviously Uma Corny has won it twice. Um, uh, Skylar Vetter, who was in that national semifinal for the Gophers. So it's it's been, it's a kind of a cool, and Zach Stayskull is a starter for UMD now. It's a nice award with that's had some good history to it, and we'll announce our finalists uh, here in the next week or so. And, and when we hand out our awards, when I get back from my trip, uh, probably mid-April. So I'm excited to hand out those awards. We've already handed out our our boys and girls high school winners. Any thoughts on those, Peter? Nope. They were both Mr. and Miss Hockey, so it wasn't there wasn't much to it, but I thought that those were the two best players that we saw at their respective classes, correct? I would say yes. The That process, I mean, it's over. It's, we, we picked them two weeks ago. Right. And it's not our intent to pick Miss Hockey and Mr. Hockey. It is definitely not. But that's just how it shook out this year. It did. We've, we've gone against the grain. We had Matt Gleason yeah. instead of Blake Biondi. We've had Kukadin instead of Peart. We've but what I also want to say. We had, uh, uh, what's her name? Um, Emma Connor instead of Peyton yeah, Hemp. But what I also want to reiterate is that we're not not going to pick who we think the best player was just because they win Miss or Mr. Right. Hockey. Like, Correct. I'm not, I'm not going to give it to a different player just because it, I want it to be different from that award. I no, felt we're not both of do our that. award winners this year were highly yep. deserving. I agree. I agree. I had no problem with it. I know you and I had discussions. I know our staff had discussions about alternate winners for both, but it oh, just yeah. didn't work. Oh, yeah. it, it worked to be perfection, um, and it all worked out. It was a collaborative approach here. We do have a new award we're coming out with this year. It's a, a dedication award. It's a award that goes out to a person, a player uh, in the state of Minnesota, any age, any level, who has shown a great dedication to the game and has had to overcome uh, some adversity in their lives. And uh, we have already chosen our winner this year, uh, and we'll hand that out the same day we hand out our youth award winners in mid-April. I'm kind of excited about that, Peter, to be honest with you, because it gives, you know, you, you bring a kid in, a uh, young woman, young man in and put the jersey on them give them the plaque and they're going to stand next to a whiz white winner a goalie of the year winner you know a you know girls player of the year winner i think it's kind of neat that they're going to all be considered in the same group because i think what these kids do the ones that are overcoming adversity sometimes harder than being a great hockey player well what i 
I don't. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying the way that was phrased makes it sound a little bit like a charity. Award. No, it's, it's it's not. It's a hell of a lot harder to maintain that dedication for the game when you're not one of the best players. It's a lot harder to smile when you're not in the winner's circle all the time. So Correct. with a nod to our players of the year based on their talent and their production and how they played this season, it's. <laughs> You know, wearing that jersey when everything goes right for you during the year, that's not all that hard. No offense, kids. Correct. But when things don't go your way and they don't go your way in such an extreme manner, the ability to keep showing up is the most underrated talent of them all. I agree. Before we continue, we got to talk a little bit about our sponsor, Map South Hockey. They've been with us for since 2006. 17? Yeah, 2017 as a sponsor. Uh, we really appreciate all the guys over there, uh, the work that they put in to train players, but uh, just their dedication to the game and uh, helping kids get better and all the different coaches and programs they have in place are very dynamic and they're able to help kids get better at hockey, whether it be training in the off season, uh, training during the season, uh, all the different programs they have in place for uh, college age players, junior players, pro players, high school players, youth players, you name it over there. Uh, once the once the uh, regular season's over, there's probably kids going to be over there this afternoon training. There's a kid right now over there skating on <laughs> plastic ice and shooting at a fake goalie. They are training. They're com- constantly helping kids get better at the game. If you're interested in getting better, uh, check out MapSouthHockey.com. All right, let's go over some sights and sounds uh, of the state tournament. Sight on sound. I, I bet have, you can't tell me what business I that ad is from. No idea. It's from Sight on Sound. It's based in Moorhead, Minnesota. What is it? Sight on sound. I don't know. It's got a wheel in its logo. Hold on. Why? Sight on sound. Is that like a DJ company? No. What is it? Home and Auto Electronics. Oh, that's cool. And that must be something. And it's not in Moorhead, apparently. It's on Main Avenue. Oh, which, which is, is the Fargo the thoroughfare I know, I know between it. both. And it's in Fargo. But I, just I always liked that ad. Is that when you were like a little kid living in Fargo? Yeah. So when we would visit my grandmother in Fargo, I would watch Prairie Public Television because it had a wishbone. Duh. And one of the ads, the the ads that I remember most were Sun on Town. And then. Uh, <laughs> One How did we get on this? Is, uh, uh, what, the, what the heck is the carpet one? 800-588-2300. Empire today. Wow. Darn. And Kayla was just lip syncing that. That's like a super popular question. Oh, yeah. Don't you know it? I've heard oh, it a few yeah. times, but not a few hundred. I don't you can consume. remember the ad, too. It was like an animated lady like rolling out a carpet. It was incredibly 90s. Yeah, it was like yeah. super weird am- animation. Yep, so, so if you couple that ad with the smell of Red Lobster Cheddar Bay Biscuits, that's my go. entire Fargo experience. There you go. There you go. Um, okay. Um, sights and sounds. <laughs> You want me to um, do it again? We can go, no, we're, we're good. We're good. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give a little story about uh, talking at the state tournament banquet. Okay. So my role uh, at the state tournament was to introduce the teams. And if you've been to the banquets before. And, I have. And I've been to the banquets before. And it's I, I when I was involved, got involved with District 6 for the uh, Bantam A and AA banquet. I suggested that my role be 
announcing the teams. I'll do my Tony Scott uh broadcaster voice and announce the teams armstrong cooper head coach this you know tournaments won this just a quick little bio on the teams have the kids stand up versus the coach coming up talking about his team awkwardly and you know they like the idea that went well right so the reason i'm telling you this story is i get about five minutes from paul martin peter excuse me danny got up and introduced uh, Paul Martin. His Danny intro- Ryan? Yes, he was unbelievable. I would give him like a 99 out of 100. His intro of Paul Martin. I was like, I can't believe that was actually Danny doing it. Yeah, so Danny, Danny was at the Bantam Sam. Yes, he did an awesome job. He introduced Paul Martin. I was wow. like, I gulped. I couldn't believe all the things that Paul Martin had accomplished. I didn't know Paul Martin played on three Olympic teams. I knew he was on two national championships teams with the Gophers. He's also tall. I mean, he was also skipped a year of hockey to play basketball. And the reason he didn't play head of hair, the reason he didn't play um, basketball is his uncle knew that he was a really good hockey player. And he came to his house and said, All right, if you can beat me in one on one in basketball, um, you can play basketball instead of hockey. It's like, Okay. And uncle won 11 0. And that was pretty much his sign that you need to give up basketball and play. Uh, hockey. So he won like a bunch of state championships in basketball and baseball. And I mean, it's just kind of a cool story about how he was a true multi-sport athlete. But anyway, so then Paul's talking and he's got probably, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes up there. And Joel Clute from district six comes up to me and goes, Hey, uh, I'm going to need a favor. <laughs> I'm like, what's that? He goes, um, I need you to go really long on the speeches. On speech here, I'm like, what do you mean go long? He goes, you know, like uh, the foods are not ready for like the last 200 people out of the 700 here, and if you finish this thing up real quick and tidy, they're gonna be pissed. So I sounds need like a you. you problem, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I go, I'm like, I got my sheet, I'm ready to go, I'll be done here, and I can wrap this thing in eight minutes if you want me. If, you, if I go slower, I can maybe get it to 12. He goes, no, 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 we're talking like 20 at least. I'm like, thankfully I had given a speech at the state tournament uh, a couple of years prior, and I wrote it for some reason, and it was on YHH. So I just pulled that bad boy up, and I gave, um, uh, we'll call it a uh, Reader's Digest version of that speech after I introduced the teams. And the speech is pretty simple. It's I just talked about four or five guys from my peewee teams that I grew up with and uh, my association with them then and my association with them now. And I talked about one of them was a kid named Gordy Amith, who was kind of like one of my best friends growing up in the neighborhood. And uh, he died in 9-11. So I talked about how how sad it would be that, you know, that he didn't get a chance to coach his kids in hockey or baseball or football, whatever sports that his kids would have liked. Um, I talked about, you know, so that was the importance of, you know, you know, be good to people because uh, you don't know how long it'll, they'll be here. And then we talked about, you know, the winning the championship this weekend is important. But at the end of the day, uh, later on in life, you won't remember. If you won or lost, you're going to remember all your buddies. You're going to run in them at the rink and all that other good stuff. So mm. so I wrap that up, and then I get I get done. I walk down. I go, did the food get in? He goes, yeah, you, you with four minutes to spare. 
they were still probably eating their food when I was uh, giving the the last part of the speech. So it's kind of an interesting tale of the uh, tournament. Here's another banquet uh, funsy for you. If you pick against somebody at a banquet, they're going to be comfortable enough to come up and talk to you. So I got bum rushed by Rozo, by Hibbing, and oh uh, Monticello. And felt like it was in Grand Rapids, all in a group of 10 or 12 boys was just come walking right at you. And which is fun, but like the hardest part, I don't remember who I picked. You know, I, I remembered I wasn't. You pretend sh- you don't remember who you picked. I don't really remember. Pretend. I don't remember that well. So I sh- next time when I go to a banquet, I'm going to write down who I picked. So I'm going to know and be prepared. For who I picked. No, you but know, the you, Hibbing you kids reminded them, me all weekend long for picking against them. Just so. tell them you picked them. Just tell every team you picked them to win. No, but they listened to the show. They listened. So I was pretty <laughs> jacked about that. So uh, how about you? Any sights and sounds for you? I have one more. Sights and sounds. Uh, I know you'll come up with something. I just know you will. I don't know. Eh. Come on. You don't want to talk about the road to to, to New Ulm because that's mine. It wasn't as bad as you made it out to be. Oh, mine was horrible. I am tired of driving to New Ulm. It took me an hour and 20 minutes really to get from Lesur to New Ulm. I'm tired of driving to New Ulm. Um, I actually liked New Ulm a lot. I'd never, I love it. I'd never been to New Ulm. I love it. I love New Ulm and I love Hutchinson. I so think they're I, cool little towns. I drove around a little bit. Uh, I had a fantastic steak breakfast. You did? Uh, at Perkins. <laughs> you went all the way to New Ulm for Perkins. I I had some time to kill between sessions on on Saturday. Saturday you did, but sights and sounds, eh, you know, not really. Nothing really. No, nothing that I would you know write home to my mother about. Everybody was really welcoming. It was fun to see everybody. Um, was there anything that cool that happened on Friday? Uh, no, I know I know there was an incident somewhere out in the state where there were some parents kind of scuffling. Oh, I saw a mom fight. Yeah. Yes. It didn't get it didn't get physical, <laughs> but they were like squawking at each other. It was during the hibbing. Chaska Chan You might well, I was trying to be a little bit more anonymous about that. Okay, so. dude, if you're gonna start yelling at people in full view of a crowd. Okay. All right. To quote Ron Swanson again, son, people can see you. Uh, that was pretty funny. I watched that from across the ice. That was hilarious. Um, other than that, no. Nothing. Kay. Nothing. Nothing all that. Gnarly. I knew I could get some good a good bit out of you out of sight. A hipping, a hipping Chaska mom argument. Yeah. I, was... I saw one of them take off their jersey and like throw it on the ground. No. And then two people. Not the other person's jersey. She no, took off her own jersey, threw it on the ground. Somebody tried to get in between them, and, and I mean, my mind always goes to this: like, was it worth it? Well, was that's it what I always it? think about. I always think about that. You know, is it is it worth it? Is it worth it for the team that's running timing the other team? I, I will say this: I am a parent of three kids that played competitive sports, yeah. and in one shining moment. Um, I will say this. I'm not judging because I got tossed out of a baseball game as a manager on a horribly blown call. Okay. And 
Um, I did get a warned by a soccer referee once. Wow. And I, I actually felt uh, as though the girl's safety was in question. I mean, there were literally some girls getting thrown around like rag dolls out there. And I said something and then English, he was English speaking. He was, no more out of you. And it's like, was that your British accent? That was a bad one. Sorry. No more out of you. No more out of you. No, whatever. It no, was, no more. And, and of course my daughter, I felt like she was probably three feet from the ref with her big brown eyes stared at me like you moron. You've now embarrassed you are me. Embarrassing me. And I was literally, I wanted to explain to Hadley that I was speaking up for the safety of all, both teams, St. Michael and Bloomington in that game. It was rough. Oh, sights and sounds. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I knew I could get you going. I got a kick, (laughs) an emotional kick, out of the Armstrong Cooper Bantam A crowd. Yeah? Because, so St. Paul obviously is my team. That's my town. But I know that there are a few of those kids that aren't, they didn't grow up on Iowa Avenue. No. Let's put it that way. With or Arm- St. Clair? With, not even close. <laughs> opposite direction. Uh, but the Armstrong Cooper team, to my knowledge, they're all pretty oh, much yeah. local kids. Oh, yeah. Big time. That are either going to go to Armstrong High School or, or Cooper Benilde. High School. Or Benilde. I hope they don't go to Benilde. At least Please one for sure does. Dang it. Yep. Please don't go to Benilde. That crowd <laughs> was so... With grit in your, gritting your teeth while you're saying it. I think it would be freaking cool to see Armstrong Cooper go to a state tournament. And those kids like each other for They're one good thing. good, too. They are good. And the crowd was so into it. They got the pom-poms going, and they just... They reminded me of the, the parent groups when I played at Como. And that always warms my heart. Because these people, they they play for a program that's been generally forgotten at the high school level. It's one of those first-ring suburbs that has seen better days in terms of enrollment. I just It was cool to see that level yeah. of support for Armstrong and they just, Cooper. They did, had a great season this year. Unfortunately, it just fell apart they did. against Monticello. Monticello had a great crowd, too. Rink oh, yeah. 2 at did Dakota. Did, did the Monticello coaches have the red jackets they did. on Friday, too? Rink 2 at Dakota was so much cooler than oh, Rink 1. It was close. unbelievable. It's, it's a better rink. It I mean, was so the, the low ceiling. It's it was loud. so loud. Everybody's going bananas. You walk over to Rink 1, and it's like, it's like a beaker. Hi, everybody. Yeah, there. the ceiling is 600 feet high. Did I ever tell you I met or know the guy who built the ceiling system at Dakota t- number one? Did, did you ask him uh, oh, why? I'm totally drawn a blank here on what the daughter's name is because you know her. She's the goalie from Orno. Her last name is Anderson. She smiles all the time. Her dad's name is Steve. I can't think of her name right now. Uh, sweet girl. Um, and her... Um, dad, we were on a trip. I think we were in Nashville and I, he, I asked him what he did for a living. You know, we were sharing a cocktail or whatever. I'm like, what, what do you do, Steve? And he's like, well, I built roof systems or whatever. I'm like, you know, kind of like the one at Dakota. We, we built that one. I'm like, wait, you built that? He goes, I go, that's the worst rink in the state because of that roof. He oh, goes, man. oh no, it, it, it quiets and it absorbs all the sound. It's the best roof. And I'm like, no, it's, that's it's, why it's, it's, it's the, the worst because of you. It's, the worst. it's so good. It's bad. He goes, oh. it is. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's like the sound all gets absorbed by your roof. 
Well, and that's not his fault. I no, mean, they gave him plans and told him, like, this is what and we it's the want. Most, yeah, no, no, I'm not ripping on Steve Anders. I'm just saying that it was interesting that he told me that story. I was like, wow, that's fantastic. It's a little bit like Plymouth. Vivian it's Anderson, like is that her name? Viv. 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 You know what I'm talking about. It's never about. Vivian, it's Viv. She's really good Number goalie, Number 30. Too. Yes. Viv Anderson. Yep. yep. But those rinks always bum me out. It's just too big to really feel anything. Ring yeah. two was sick, though. It was. It was. Ring two was sick. Okay, um, so are we done with sights and sounds? Uh, did I do anything else cool in New Ulm? Uh Everybody was super nice from Minnesota hockey. That was, oh yeah, that was. I saw a lot of dignitaries from Minnesota hockey. I had yeah. Randy Glenn Andreessen, Steve Olheiser, uh, the president of Minnesota hockey. So it's good to see all those people. Did you ask Glenn if he made the uh, top fifty squirt joke at the banquet again? I don't know where banquet he spoke at, so I have no idea. Okay. Um, Paul Martin was at our banquet, was the keynote speaker, and I'm hearing, I'm hearing that Shockby might be getting the uh, Pee Wee Double A and A next year. So, oh, thank God! I can't wait to get back on 169 South. Yeah, yeah, it's basically the same distance. Yeah. All right, uh, ready for level by level? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yep, do it. Yep, yep. Let's do it. So, Kayla, you were at 15B, so be prepared for when 15B comes up. Um, we Kayla. had a photographer for the first time ever, I think. Maybe we did it last year, too. We had a photographer in all 10 youth buildings. So, hats off mm. to our photography team. Uh, Charlie Decker, is it Charlie's first name? Charlie yes. Decker. Um, Lainey Hiller in Bemidji, Sabra uh, Lavasur, I think her name is. Uh, she had two different last names. Um, in was in Warroad. Okay. Uh, Kayla was in South St. Paul. Ren Schachter was in Stillwater. And you were in Prior Lake and New Ulm, and I was in New Ulm and then Prior Lake. So I think we knocked it out photographically and news-wise. Todd was back here on the home front. Putting in all the box scores. I thought the box score thing worked out pretty nice, didn't you? We'll talk about it later. Oh, that's a no. You don't like it. <laughs> Peter does not like the box scores. So I think it's messy. Uh, yeah, but we, we did the best we could. Incredibly messy. We, could, we did the best we could. Yeah. Um, when, when the idea is born less than 24 hours oh, before the tournament two starts, hours it makes before. it a little more difficult to Correct. build. All right. Um, okay, let's go level by level. Do you want to do Leading boys scores. first or girls? Um, I have a lot to say about the Bantam double A's. All right, go ahead. We're going to um, start at Bantam double A's then. Who won? Edina. My pick. Three to two in double overtime. Double I was overtime. there. Um, Freddie Schneider with the game-winning goal. A little yep. five-hole uh, shot past Hudson Ferry, who I thought was the best Goalie I saw last weekend. Tucker Johnson had the game tying goal, didn't he? Beautiful goal. Because he wow. had the winner on Friday Beautiful in the goal. final minute. So Tucker scored two goals in three games. They just happened to be the two biggest goals of Dinah's season. Yep. Uh, a player that, at the risk of sounding internet scouty here, a player that I am so impressed with at his level of improvement. And obviously we don't see these kids every day, so we don't see him at practice. We don't right. say it, whatever. But from the Blue Ox to last weekend, Cam Autry from White Bear Lake He's has morphed into a heat-seeking missile 
in the offensive zone. He just, it looks like every edge of his game has just been so polished. And I love that. I love seeing a kid get better from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. It's a hot take. I like that. It's not really a hot take. He's one of the leading scorers. He had four. I have points. one of those too, and I'll name him in the PBAA section. Okay. Uh, do you want me to run down the leading scorers? Yeah. For who were the leading uh, scorers? Titan Bergeson had five points. He led the field, and then there were a bunch of four point guys Cam Autry, Brock Cheslock from Rogers, Boomer DeMars from White Bear Lake, Tucker Johnson. Uh, Caleb Pitsley from Edina, who I swear he could bench like 400 pounds. <laughs> you watch him he's skate. A, he's you a see horse. his boulder shoulders? Holy he's a Hannah. horse. And then Zach Zimmerman had four points as well for more. Well, those are all kids that we've seen. Those are, you could have thrown a dart and you would have hit pretty much all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not surprised you're listing any of those names off. And those are names I saw all weekend long for various reasons, all for the good. Titan, Titan Bergeson is a freak. Yeah, he's a good athlete. Not as he good is. as his brother, but he's a good athlete. <laughs> <laughs> I love throwing that in there. Titan, he's uh, he's inspired me. I, uh, you know, I'm a gear nerd, mm-hmm. so I'm watching like what stick he's using, and I don't. I oh, think yeah. he might have sold me on a, a Jetspeed FT5. Really? Yeah. Really? I, wow, I that's the first. Uh, I don't know. Phantom hockey player being an influencer. I like that. Hey, I, I like that. Thanks, Titan. All right, uh, Bantam A. Yeah, a couple of hibbing Chisholm boys up top. Tate Swanson with nine points. Isaiah Hildenbrand. Did any of them, hang on, points. did any of them bum rush you uh, for picking them? Because you picked Hibbing, correct? They said hello to me. That's all? They did. They said hi. So they only want to be mad. They don't want to be happy, do they? They weren't mad. <laughs> I walked no, past they would, them. No, they were mad at me. Oh. They were happy about you. Like, yeah, Peter's a genius. They did not like the fact that I picked against them. I, I didn't, like, hang out with them. I walked no. by them while they were taping their six, getting ready for their game on Dakota 2, and, you know, they. I, I am so, I'm always so impressed with the kids and their social skills at this age because I had zero social skills when I You're was still working uh, a on teenager. Your, your I'm still so bad at my social skills. Uh, but they were really friendly and cordial and said hello, and I... That was fun. Yeah, they were great kids. They were great kids. We got so many good It's a pictures. good freaking team. Too, yeah, they man. are very good. Um, uh, I got to round it out here. So Carter. Hibbing wins. Hey, let's go through the winning yep. before you rip off the stats. Hibbing wins. They beat Delano 8-1 to one in yep. a runner. Um, Delano knocked off Monticello, who knocked off Armstrong Cooper. So you can see how it got a little out of hand once Monticello threw off the uh, – Threw off the uh, ecosystem there, and they yeah. did. They deserved it. They won. They were and they were I, big. They were big, tall, uh, well coached team. Oh, uh, hats yeah. off to the Monticello and the Delano coaching staffs. Both did a wonderful job this season with the the talent that they had. Very very talented kids uh, in both uh, on both teams in that semifinal. That was a good yep. game. That was a really good game. Is is this the point where I bring up a tweet that just kind of annoyed me? Yeah, sure. Uh, somebody said, seems like Hibbing should have been a double-A team no, this year. No, come on. No, they shouldn't have been a double-A team come this year. On. Stop it. Come Knock on. it off. Come on. Because they won the state championship? is that? Are they not let's, supposed let's to go. do that? Yeah, not, I don't like that. God, I'm going to talk about teams me. that have had some success and could move up, but I that's not one. Hibbing is not one of them. All right. Well, there there's my... Boom I'm excited for Hibbing. I, mean, uh, I was telling one of the Hibbing's dads, Danny was at the state tournament and... And Danny's like, I'm so excited because he knows about the PB team. He goes, I'm so excited. We get to go to the we get to go to the Memorial Building now because it's been fairly much fairly off limits the last 
since Perunovich left in 2016, mm-hmm. we've had no reason for six years to go there. Now yep. we have lots and lots and lots of reasons to go the Memorial Building, which excites me. Uh, rounding out the Bantam A is Carter Skullstad from Armstrong Cooper. Had four goals and eight points. And then Arozo duo Cade Hovda and Mac Mertens each had seven This points. Mac Mertens kid can absolutely fly. I don't think I saw a faster human than him. He's unbelievable. He will, he, I'm telling you now, he is going, he projects out to be a, a fantastic college hockey player. I don't know. I couldn't believe how fast he was. I don't know if any of these kids play multiple sports, but just judging from their bodies, I think half of Rozo's future offensive line plays for this hockey team. They were There's big. some big dudes big on that team. There's some big dudes. I had heard now, now, Strong, I, now like, because you're hanging around, hang around the banquet, hang around the boys, hang around the rinks. I did learn that they had like an 18-person roster. That's, they had only they had a 18 big players in the entire Bantam group. So instead of splitting them nines and doing all this stuff, they just made one big team. And I think they might have squeezed down because they were below 500 on now rankings. So mm-hmm. uh, they, 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 they squeezed down the roster a little bit, probably shortened the bench a little bit to once playoff time got around. But they got the kids got the other 18 got to play all year long. Yeah. And then when it got to crunch time, I think they probably get played the Mertens boys a couple bit more shifts. I made, they the, got, man, I made it to state. Get hats off to them. I made this comment to a parent. We were talking about ice time. And I obviously I'm an advocate for ice time for everybody. Okay. Everybody's here. Everybody's yeah, everybody's, paid. everybody's paid. Everybody should play. Once you get to the state tournament, the final three games of the season, equal ice time mm-hmm. that that doesn't exist. And should it exist? Isn't yeah. the point of the state tournament to win it? Right. I agree. And this I is agree. coming from a kid who was not like right. put put you out on the ice in crunch time. Okay. I rode the bench in crunch time. <laughs> All right. Bantam B's uh, Who won it? Prior, prior Lake Savage. Don't forget the Savage. Uh Prior Lake back to back. Yep. Back to back. Uh, Jacob Thomas led the tournament in scoring with 11 points, followed by Tyler Carlson and Tyler Sparney, who had nine Sporny, points. Sparney, S-P-O-R-N-E. Whatever. I had to type it out yesterday. That's all I know. Nine points each. All three of those guys played for Prior Lake. Yeah, uh, and I got a Prior Lake tweet this morning uh, from oh. one of their coaches or something and was proud of their team and thanked Tony Scott for not picking them. I love Good that. Words, I Scott. love that. I was wrong six out of ten wrong. Yeah, so was I. Uh, we suck basically, but I, I thought we did a nice job of covering, uh, pre our pre-tournament coverage was fantastic. Your, your pre-tournament articles were unbelievable. There was, was a lot of, a lot of work. It was a lot of time. I didn't realize when I did 16 bios on teams for the, for the, uh, for the, uh, state tournament, I didn't realize how much work that was going to be. Like, yeah, I'll do little bios. It took Todd and I basically all day, and then Sharon got in the mix. and What bios? When I did the bios from each team, Armstrong Cooper, here's their record, here's the tournaments they played in, here's their coach, here's a little-known fact about each team. Where you was know. that? That was at the banquet. That was how oh, I, this I was announced it. Banquet. I did okay. 16 teams. I'm like, oh, it'll take me a few minutes. It took us basically all day for, <laughs> for literally a 12-minute speech. Well, okay. Here's a little behind the curtain. That's why, because I've written a state tournament preview before that is a normal written essay yeah, yes, form. Yes, with photos. That 
it, trying to do this many levels, it just not, it's just it's not going to happen. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. And if it did happen, it wouldn't happen equally because I know more about certain teams and yes. certain groups than others. So I'm glad that we've gotten away from that. Because, number one, it makes it a lot easier to simply right. look at the numbers. And the numbers evens it out for everybody. 15B got just as much pre-tournament coverage as PWAA did because of those now rankings numbers. Yep. So I used now rankings as my rankings platform, and I had a little-known fact about probably 12, 11 out of the 16 teams. And then I went up to the coach or team manager and got a little factoid and we had a lot of fun. I mean, I think good. I think the presentation went well. Uh, what's next? Hope so. Bantam bees. Nope, we already did Bantam bees. We're on to the Peewees. Oh yeah, that's right. right. We're on to the Peewees. Peewee double A. Moorhead goes back to back. Coaches were incredibly excited. Were they on the bench? I have a picture of them hugging each other during the semifinals. Um. That's pretty cool. They had, uh, I talked to Josh Arnold yesterday, mm-hmm. his son, he had two sons playing. Yep. Uh, I think Mark Cullen had two sons playing, Matt Cullen had two yeah, sons yeah. playing in, you know, back-to-back, you know, one's in New Ulm and one's in Prior Lake, so yeah. it's tough for them to, <laughs> you know. Uh, Josh bummer. told me this story, like, I don't remember how it exactly goes. Uh, I think it was, yeah, it was on the Bantam bench when Joey... When you were down in New Ulm, when Joey scored in overtime, um, he got a text or something that during their semifinal game against Rogers, yeah, that's when they found out. And he looked over at Matt and goes, "Joey, overtime win, Matt, Josh, fist bump, yeah. onto the game." You know, like that's <laughs> what's going on. You know, it's pretty. I love that kind of story. Like yeah. it's it, it's it's important. It's really hard as dads. To, you can only be in one building at a time. You know, yep. and it's not like you're just you just have two kids on the team and you're a parent. Like you're a coach. You re- you don't really have a choice. Yeah, but think of Matt Cullen. He's coaching a game and he just finds out from one of his all time longtime friends, yeah. Josh Arnold, that his son actually scored the game winning goal in overtime. No, that's what I mean. I'm saying, like, if, cool. if you had kids playing in the Bantam AA and PWAA state tournaments and one kid's team won in the quarterfinals and went to the semis and then the other kid's team lost and went to the consolation semis. Right. Wouldn't there be some sort of temptation to be like, all right, see you later, Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> Mom and dad are both going to the semifinal game. But when you're a coach, you don't have a choice. Like, no. You, you have to be there no matter what. Yep. So. Yep, I know. So. Well, poor, poor Moorhead. Yeah, I know. Poor well, Moorhead. Poor Moorhead dads that almost went back, back to, to back, back to back in to back. both yeah. Bantam AA and PWAA. Pretty impressive what they've built there, that's for sure. Yep. Uh, Brady Kennedy led the PWAAs for in Brady. scoring with nine points for Chaska Chan. Uh, he had the tying goal in the last minute against Sasso Maple Grove. Yeah. He had the he led the team in points in the game I saw. Yep. And then like twenty seconds later, Grady Grant scored. Really? <laughs> yeah. He's to, a good player. He is. He's a very good player. I also really liked Mark Steenison, the goalie well, for Austin. He played Maple all Grove. three games. He played all three games and he stood on his head all three games because Moorhead shot wise, I walked back into the rink from the Hibbing World Pee Wee A championship. And it was in the second period and Moorhead was out shooting OMG twenty to four. Yeah. Like halfway through the second period. And I know shots on goal, they're 
whatever. Yeah, you had cool. once you had one stat after the first period. It was zero zero. It Shots was for ten zero eight zero. Yeah, it was, was eight nothing and. People, as I was going to say, the, with the shot totals, well, they're not quality shots. If you're getting outshot 20 to 4, I don't care if they're not quality shots. Right. You only kept right. four shots on net. Well, this was the same team. Hats off to ask me, bro. This is the same team I said last week on the show that this is not, on paper, one of the better Aussie Maple Grove teams. And you slam me back. Like, oh, yeah. I'm like, it just isn't. But you know what? Give them credit. They went, they took. They played hard. They took. They took Morehead to the wire yesterday. Well, so right? they, two one. I'm sure they probably had a couple last. They pulled. Ditch the, efforts, they were right? down one nothing. They pulled the goaltender, which I loved. By the way, they got nice and aggressive, pulling the goalie almost right away. How early? Two minutes. I think it was a minute forty. Okay, minute fifty, and pull the goaltender, give up an empty net goal. Uh, Grady Kranz, he he had like the last effort to hold the zone, and obviously he was disappointed because the shot goes in from like the red line. And he's on one knee, and he's kind of taking his time getting up. And another player skated over to him, patted him on the shoulder. They got up. They scored. Yeah. They, they're they within one. Like, we have life. We were very close. And, I mean, Moorhead held him off. But there was – I was standing next to the, some Osseo Maple Grove boys. It might have been the Bantam AA team. But uh, there was a real belief. There was a minute left, and they had a shot to tie that game. So, yeah. Yeah, that's where it's, it's interesting. Hats off to those guys for yeah. sure. Uh, right. Joey Cullen led Moorhead, the leader right. for the champion with five points. All right. Pee-wee A. And by the way, hats off on you on that Dana Coulter tweet. That was, if that isn't the most seen tweet, it was your best tweet. It was our best. Was that close. was our best tweet of the weekend. Um, And had uh, Brianna started the shutter a f- half a second earlier on the, um, Oh my gosh, Strukel, uh, Michigan goal. Yep. That would have been the best picture of the weekend. Yeah, it's and the, she was close. Michigan. She was really close. But it was just her angle was absolutely perfect for it. Down in that corner, she was on the goal line when he released it. You know, <laughs> it just happened so fast. That was an unbelievable athletic play by Jackson Strukel. Pee-wee A. Speaking of hibbing, how about I had the crazy? Those quarterfinals on Friday were all just it was absolute madhouse in that. North rank, didn't you think? Did you have you had North oh, rank games? Yeah, it was just a madhouse in there. Yeah, it. I don't know how I. I I'm not in charge of scheduling, or administering, <laughs> or I know where you're going with this. You. But but you would have liked to see both state title games played on the nicer rink. Or yeah, I I think maybe the reason they did it that way is because of the Olympic and the regular. Just let them play. I mean, I guess, but they should it's the last there. day of the season. Just put them on the Olympics. Let them play back to back. You know, you're racing between two rinks. It's never very fun. Well, and that I don't mind that so much because it's not Minnesota hockey's job to schedule the state tournament games so to make it easier for us to, to cover. cover the game. I know, I know, I get that. It get was that. just, you know, it's a bigger, bigger crowd on the south rink. There's more places to sit. That's, you know, it's the nice rink there, and the north rink is. Yeah. Pretty clearly the auxiliary rink. But it's not bad. It's not a bad one. No, it's not a sure. bad one. Uh, Cole, worse. Cole Swanson led the division in scoring and the champions hitting Chisholm in scoring with eight goals and 16 points. He's a man-child. Whitaker Rewerts in his 19th year as a peewee had 10 <laughs> goals and 14 points. And then right behind those He won two, his second state championship. He did. He's, he's a third-year I think Pee-wee, Swanson did too, yeah. yeah. Yep. Are they both third-years? Both years? are. Yeah, I think okay. Swanson was too. 
Avon Hantvet and Roderick Jackson. How's this for a pair of Marys? Five goals for each, five assists for both, and ten total points. How about Connor Lund? Did he make it in there too? He was close. Okay. I don't think he ended up with ten, but he right. was close. He had to the been. three captains. Uh, they're special. They were just overjoyed to go get. That I feel trophy. like you know you talk about the big three. You know, with uh, this year's this year's junior class with Ryan Lund and yeah. Pilgrim and Murray Marmer. I think this is the next big three. Well, they certainly really they do. got a shot. Um, I feel bad for Avon Hanfett a little bit because he's physically he's so ready for the Bantam game. He and Lund both. Oh yeah, but it's Peewees, so you can't really Check. make contact with anybody. And when somebody Hanfett took a penalty, Swanson was bearing down on him, and he kind of stood him up at the top of the circle. And I felt bad for him. What is he supposed to do? I don't know. It, what, what is he supposed to let him go by? And then turn and chase after him. I think you can step in front still, can't you? I mean, well, you it, go through the hands. They always say like well, they got tangled hard. up a little bit, and Swanson went down. And I think he, if he didn't go down purposefully, he did a nice job selling it as he right. was going down, though. So right. it, it was it was a penalty no matter what. But I felt bad for Hanfet. Just not Correct. be. Oh, what am I supposed to do here? Correct. I'm with you. Uh, so Hibbing over Warroad. Hibbing parents very very pleased. With their young men. They're I believe very, it. very excited. I believe it. Okay. Um, PWB. PWB. North Shore's Cade Norman leads the division, scoring nine goals and ten really? points. Really? Okay. Uh, no nine goals and ten points? Nine goals, ten points. That sounds like my kind it's of stat It's a little line. bit like uh, Amelia Such's stat line from 12 age yes. to five goals, yes. six points. Yes. Uh, two Roseville guys, Cameron Grubidge. Is that what I wrote down? Grubidge and yeah. uh, Easton Schmidt both had seven points. All right. I will find who, who won the state tournament. Woodbury. All right. Um, and neither of us saw either of these games, did we? No. Nope. Nope. I, I am going to find the uh, the PWB leading scorer for Woodbury. Hats uh, off to Woodbury. I bet it was Woodbury Ford dominated. Regan. Ford oh, Regan, maybe? Woodbury dominated the B levels. Yes. 12B, yeah. PWB. They want another one. 12A, 12B, and PWB. Yes. It's a big weekend for. Yes. Big weekend for Woodbury. All five made it to state. The 12s, the PWBs all made it to Parker state. Parker Gorlitz. He five let it? goals and six points. Okay. Yep. So he was just outside that that uh, top two. Well, they won it at the gardens mm-hmm. in Warroad. They had beautiful uniforms, too. The, that all cream look. I like that. <laughs> the cream breezers. Sweet. Looks good. Moving on to girls. Uh, 15A. 15A. For those of you hoping for a little variety in uh, girls' high school hockey. <laughs> Is it coming? Edina wins oh, the 15H state championship. I believe that's back-to-back 15A yes. state title. Well, you were there last year. You would know. <laughs> so back-to-back 15A state champs for the Hornets who also won 12 A's last year. So the same group is back-to-back national champions. National Aud- champions? They could be if they okay. if they played. Got it. Audrey Davis led the field with seven goals and seven points. <laughs> I Ta- love that stat line. I love that stat line. Hey, we, you'd rather have her score the goal yes. than give up a goal trying to make an assist. All right. Tala Hansen, four goals and six points. And then at Charlotte Thurl, two goals and five points She's to round out the scoring leaders for... The 15A tournament, Tallahansen from Wyzata. Yep. 15 Bs. All right, Kayla. Here we go. Oh, here we, here go. we go. 
You, um, were, you were in South St. Paul. Any yes. sights and sounds? Faster, uh, faster. Oh How about sight and faster, faster. Sights and sounds? Uh, I don't, I don't know. They Nothing. were very nice. Tell us about the Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi was just Not awesome. Not great. Okay. I had to use my hotspot. All right. It was working really well. It was dark in there for you photographers. Dark. Yes, yep. we were well aware of that. Um, It was fun to watch. Uh, Osseo Maple Grove White won. Yep. Uh, the leading scorer was, uh, what's her first name? Watson. April Watson. Yep. Yeah. Um, she, so the championship game though, it was Moorhead versus Osseo Maple Grove White. And at the end of two, it was, the shots on goal were 22 to nine Moorhead. Really? Yeah. So Moorhead was. What was the score? Was, was the score at the zero, end zero, of two, zero? it was two to zero Osseo Maple Grove. Really? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, the. Osseo Maple Grove's goalie was was not letting any in. All right. That was kind of fun to watch. I always like watching the goalies. Yeah, because your brother is a goalie, right? Yeah, I just, I've always liked, I mean, when he started, when he was like a peewee, I always, ever since that, I just love watching the goalies, so. All right. And I got to see the little Minnetonka goalie save 45 shots in the first day of the tournament, too. Oh, so. yes. She had 45 saves out of 48. Brainerd? Uh, yeah. I think it was Brainerd. That's the one yeah, we I talked about. Said if, if I think it was the first Minnetonka game. Minnetonka could beat Brainerd, that would be the big upset. It was two A teams ahead of them. She was not letting any in. She looked really good in the net. So. Oh, that's good. Oh, there's no shortage of good goalies in, in Minnetonka. Well, thank and Moorhead in the game before uh, got, it was like 7-2, to two, so I kind of thought Moorhead was going to come in and beat uh yeah. Osseo Maple Grove. If they had that would have made me the ultimate actually, it would have tied me with Todd. Todd was the ultimate pick'em champion this week. He was. He had five out of ten. You and I had four. If I would have gotten Moorhead, that would have made, yeah. made me five for ten. Uh Ashlyn Hoffman led the tournament in scoring. Yep. Six total points. I like seeing that champions picture with the big old Packers in the background. That's good, isn't mm-hmm. it? She's from Osseo Maple Grove Black, and then Brooke Lane and Caitlin Shirley. Yeah, Caitlin Shirley played for Moorhead. Mm-hmm. She got four in one game. Yeah. She got four in one game, so she had one in two other games because she had five total. Yep, she had one in the <laughs> – oh, that was the other interesting thing in this championship game. It was 2-0 to zero until, like, three minutes left, and then Caitlin Shirley scored, scored and it was 1-2. to two. And in my hog pile video, you can see Moorhead almost – Almost chipped one in with like two seconds left. Really? So they were uh, they were going hard at the net, but that goalie was doing a really good job. So, so in your hog pile, you're waiting on hog pile, so you have actually converging too at the same time. Well, That's the it was like hog pile. Well, it was like awkward because I was like, uh, okay, I'm going to film with 10 seconds left, but they're like going at the goal really hard. <laughs> so you can you see the goalie the still like, yeah. I could have, yeah. I mean, game yeah. time. Tying, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, my hog pile didn't turn out so well for Bantam AA, so. my Their hog pile was a little, uh, not, it wasn't as exciting looking. Mine was horrible for, for <laughs> Hibbing. Hibbing goalie decided... Because I had it all lined up for the oh, and he go went to at the glass. The goalie. He went to the glass. He skated away from them. So now the hog pile kind of deteriorated into the corner. But it was okay. Um, all right. What's 12 next? Twelve A. Twelve A. Woodbury. Yes, Woodbury. The, the amazing one A. One and one A of 
Um, 12A all year long. Mm-hmm. Uh, one and all. I think the we'll get to the biggest surprises in a minute, but uh, yeah. they knock off Grand Rapids Greenway, who was down three to nothing going into the third, and were able to cut it to three to two with like 23 or 30 something, 30 seconds left in the game, mm-hmm. and then weren't able to get the equalizer. But good effort by not. Grand Rapids Greenway. Wow, what an effort by the Northern girls. Amelia Such, Centennial Spring Lake Park, leads the division in scoring of five goals and six points. Then a trio of players, Barrett Carroll from Minnetonka, Bentley Creel from Alexandria. Each had five, as did Kayla Helmberger, who led the champs in scoring with three goals and five points. Uh, Good work by the uh, Predators to win another state title for that association. That just seems to be kind of like Woodbury like peaks at Peewees, and then they just kind of, by 8th and ninth grade, they kind of deteriorate off into well, the, 15, the private schools, right? The 15s were state semifinalists last year. 15, yeah, the yeah. black, yeah. Yep. All right. Um, 12B. 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 Woodbury, again, Woodbury Black. Lucy Halata leads the champs with three goals in three games. Rockridge's Catherine Morley led the entire division with six goals. Nine and points. Nine points. So the future looks bright in that Woodbury Association. Yes, it does. And it looks bright in Rockridge as well. Yes, it does. Woodbury Black allowed one goal in three games. Shutouts in the semis over Wyzetta Blue and Armstrong Cooper in the finals. All right, let's talk about the top five surprises uh, from the weekend. I'm going to go five to one. Okay. Okay. Um, number five, we just talked about this Osseo Maple Grove state champion white team from 15 B's. They knocked off Brainerd, who also knocked out uh, Moorhead and uh, Grand Rapids Greenway in the West Regional. So I had them kind of as my favorite. And I thought white beating them was somewhat of a surprise. Joke's on you, bro. I know. Here's number two. Two, we just talked about Grand Rapids, Greenway, and Tonka. Number four. As the number four, I thought them knocking off Tonka was a bit of a surprise. Did you, When you saw that score, were you surprised at all? Uh, 12 Bs. No, 12 As. Ooh, 12 As. Grand Rapids beating eh. Tonka. I was. I was and I wasn't. I was, but then I thought, no, that makes sense. Uh, here's why I wasn't. They played earlier in the year over at Minnetonka on a Sunday, and it was one-to-one, so... I wasn't shocked that Ta- that Grand Rapids beat them, but I just thought Tonka had a deeper roster. I've seen both teams play. I was a little surprised there. And then number three, you were at this game, Monticello beating uh, my pick to win state, Armstrong Cooper. Tell me about that game. Uh, Monticello goaltender played well. He has a cool helmet. He does. Nathan Popple, not Ryan Popple. I don't know why I thought the kid's name was Ryan when I sent out that tweet initially. Nathan Popple had a couple of goals in that game. Um, and Monticello just played well, and they're physical. They got some – They, I think they were helped a little bit. Armstrong Cooper was just snake bit. Were they? Yeah. I will say this about Armstrong Cooper, though. Nobody holds the zone better than that team. Really? That's like, a they, they could not – they didn't clear the puck. They just – Monticello couldn't clear the puck, and Armstrong Cooper just couldn't get that last shot off. Got it. Uh, number one ranked Marshall uh, yeah. goes down to Wyzetta Blue in the first round, I believe, right? Yeah, first yep. round. quarterfinals. Down in Faribault. That was a surprise. I would say that's the second biggest surprise when I saw that one come across 
the wire. And then yeah. obviously the biggest surprise, um, which got me some more bum rushes. I got bum rushes at the banquet. Then I got bum rushed again on Saturday by all the Grand Rapids kids when I arrived at the uh, Dakota Arena. Grand Rapids beats Austin Maple Grove. You saw that one as well, Peter. Tell that. me about it. I saw that one the whole time. Uh, it was a shooting gallery for Austin Maple Grove. I can't tell you. You hear that? Do you hear that buzzing? No. I hear the buzzing. Okay, maybe it's just me. Uh, it's more like little static sounding. Yeah. No, I'm hearing the road. 35W, which yeah. is 100 yards from us. Sorry. Yeah, I saw this whole, whole, almost the whole game. Sammy Nelson, I can't tell you how many times he had a point-blank shot from, like, the top of the circle, and Carter Casey just enveloped it. Carter really? Casey, 41 saves on 42 shots. I have not seen a goaltender at any level who is faster going down and getting back up than Carter Casey. Yeah. I, it's down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up. There's no hesitation for him. He is 99.99% of the time he is in the correct fundamental goalie position. He played his, he played his tail off. It was interesting that um, the next day when they played Edina, they got the lead. Yeah, They went up one nothing on a nice little power play, and they had Edina really flustered and frustrated uh, into the second period. I'm like, they're going to do it again. They're going to be in the state <laughs> final. I literally started playing out the story in my head, and eventually Edina uh, cracked the code and were able to get three goals on Carter Casey. But, man, for a few minutes there, you know like when a team's leading that's not supposed to for six minutes, eight minutes, Nine yep. minutes, and now you're like, start thinking in your head. You start playing the video, like, wow, they are going to upset them again. I thought they were going to pull it off, but they did not have enough in the tank. And not enough, they didn't have a, a, a goal score, you know, to kind of go in there and put up two or three goals to, to really put the fear of God into the Hornets, kind of like Moorhead had yesterday, where they have a couple kids that can really snipe. Mm -hmm. uh, it's funny you mentioned that because when Grand Rapids was playing, Austin Maple Grove, and they were holding this one nothing lead like it was made of glass. And Austin Maple Grove scored to make it um, far more of a contest. And you could see almost every head just dropping on the Grand Rapids bench because I think a couple of their guys were like, all right, you know what? We had our one nothing run. They just scored. Now it's time for OMG to overtake Take us. Take over, yeah. And then they... They didn't. They were up. Uh, I'm trying to read this game sheet. I can't really tell who scored what. Uh, Jens Aunen made it two to nothing, and then with 3:09 left, Kale Braid scored for OMG to make it two to one, and it just felt. I was next to the Grand Rapids bench. It just felt like a few of those guys were like, "Well, here we go." Really, the the floodgates. But they held opened. on. They did. They held on for the win. And right now, I'm trying to find uh, Carter Casey's numbers from the weekend. I bet it was good. I I would also bet that it was good. <laughs> he came up and greeted me yesterday as they were walking out the door after their third place game and thanked me for firing them up and not picking them and always doubting them. It was good motivation oh, for their team. I'm like, hey, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Um, There he is, Carter Casey, a 2-3-3 goals against average, a 9-35 save Oof. percentage. Uh, those are basically his Bantam Elite League numbers. Yeah, he was the MVP <laughs> of the Bantam Elite League. 
He was. He also faced more shots than anybody else as soon as this game sheet refreshes. The next closest was Gavin Baida. He faced 85 shots, and Carter Casey faced 107. Yeah, it was a shooting gallery on him in the, in the game that I saw. It was, and he far and away had the best save percentage of goalies who played three games. It's time to shout out our second sponsor of 10 Minutes with Tony Scott, Lakes Area Realty. Realtor Joe McCullough, he's got places in Minnesota and Wisconsin he can help you out. You can reach Joe McCullough of Lakes Area Realty. His office number is 612-874-1916. That's 612-874-1916. His cell number, which he told me I'm allowed to tell people, is 651-303-8521. That's 651-303-8521. You can also reach Joe via email on the Lakes Area Realty website. I know you've had some showings on your house. How is that whole process going, Peter? It's here, Here's the reason I love Joe. So Lara and I are still looking for a house. Mm-hmm. We ha- It's not like we've bought a house and now we're trying to get rid of this one. We still need a place to live. Okay? Right. And obviously that makes us very nervous because we would prefer not to sell our house and have no place to live while we're looking for another one. And because Eric, of, Gwen, this is Peter. I don't want to live in their basement <laughs> again. They kicked me out of the house when I moved home from college. So, uh, In any case, with the economy, the economy, where it is right now, thanks a lot, Silicon Valley Bank. You just screwed me on a house. It uh, Everything's a little bit in flux right now. Yep. So yeah, Joe is yeah. taking a wonderfully, a cautiously optimistic approach where he's shopping the property around kind of under the radar. So we don't have a for sale sign in front of the house, yep. but he knows other realtors and they have clients who are looking for what we can offer. It's a two bed, one bath bungalow in a vibrant and diverse, wonderful neighborhood Listen to you. in St. Paul across wow. the street from True Chow. It's right on the light rail uh, if you're into I didn't green really energy. Make this into a listing. Wow. This is amazing. But what he's doing is that he's shopping it around to a few people that are in the market for a home like ours. So it's not simply here's a net, we get what we get. It's right. more of a I know some targets that are looking for a property like this. I'll shop it to them privately and then that way we can work something out where you guys aren't homeless while selling this house. So it's still a process. Um, the market is very interesting right now. It is. It's, so if you need a realtor, he'd be a good guy to go to. Right? He would be the best guy to go to. Joe also cares about people for one thing. That's a good thing. That's a yeah. really good thing. Well, thanks to them for sponsoring the show for all 18 episodes this winter. Lakes Area Realty. Dot com. He is on their realtor roster. All right, last bit before we start say our thank yous. Uh, I would just want to talk a little bit about associations. It's just like you you brought it up a little bit, like word association. No, no, we could do that too. Free association. Uh, we've had we've provided enough humor for today's show, but uh, um, I want to talk about a few things that I see. It's like things that I see on the internet. <laughs> Uh, and, and I'm going to throw these out as talking points, not one thing that we're like a f- uh, in support of. Like uh, this isn't really a, an opinions section. We can save that for later. Um, but just certain topics. And here's a topic that gets thrown at me a lot or was thrown at me in the last 10 days. It's Minneapolis 
PBA team, uh, they have eight peewee teams in the city of Minneapolis, which is fantastic, by the way. That's a lot of kids playing traveling hockey in Minneapolis. This is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, their highest team is PBA, and many think that they should play double A. Yeah. I'm okay. I can see their side of the half full, half empty, um, but I don't think they would be a 500 team at double A. Would they be 500 team double A? <sighs> I think, I think be they'd be a five. It would depend like, on how their schedule would be shook like, out. Yeah, they'd be like STMA this year. Decent, but not, you know, knocking down but what I want, a regional final. So they'd be in District 3. They three. still are in so, District 3. But I'm thinking of District 3. They'd be playing as Wyzetta and Maple, Maple Grove seven times each. At which, but they would no. also be playing against Edina and... Um, Eden Prairie and all those, because District 3 and District 6 merged their leagues for PBAA. Ah, but this discussion, at least in my opinion, goes back to what we've talked about all season with Gentry Academy and the high school level. If Minneapolis didn't go to the PBAA state tournament, no one would bring No one up. would say anything about making them move up. Yeah, but I just think it's an interesting discussion. I don't really care either way. I think it's an. I just think I'm. These are things. These are recurring themes I'm getting on my Twitter feed. I think it's an interesting discussion because moving up and moving down is. I think people like to boil it down to well, you know, Minneapolis has four hundred thousand people. No, that part I don't really care about. That part, that's that's a that's a different, that's a different. Animal association enrollment does not necessarily equal talent on the ice. Yeah, it's in this not, case, it's resulted in a very good PWA team. The last two years, the last two seasons. So, when they had the numbers, and I said this to you earlier, when they had Joey Miller, they had that Will Spendall and Gavin Best and uh, Kyron Morioka. They played Double A and they played well. They don't have those guys right now. I that think they're quality, they're no. a good PWA team. I think they're a good PBA team. But I, I don't really, to me, I'm not really a forming a strong opinion on that. I'm just saying that these are things I'm I'm seeing. Here's another one I'm seeing. Prior Lake wins two Bantam B state titles back-to-back years without mm-hmm. a Bantam A team in front of them. Is it Prior Lake's job to have a Bantam single-A team as well as a Bantam A double-A team? I don't think they're forced to have one. I... In a place like Prior Lake, I think they could field a competitive Bantam A team. I do too. But and I don't, to me, they're not throttling teams. No. I just think there's that's an association that's got a lot of depth, you know, at you know, but their Bantam Double A team. They've only got five Bantam teams. Yeah, but their Bantam Double A team isn't exactly a world beater. I don't think they made it out of districts. I don't right? think they did either. So what does that tell you? They just got a lot of depth. So I don't I don't have a problem with this one as much as I mean if they win again next year then then you got to start thinking then you got to start it. thinking about it. But you it's know? also it's so group by group too cuz Prior Lakes Bantam AA team when they had Bump and Rice and Boshi and all those yeah. kids they were among the best in the state as Bantam AA's. And their Bantam B's were so, decent but they didn't win state. It's right? so group based cuz it I changes agree. over every every it's year hard it's hard to tell. Team and then you, every and then you're year. talking about who you're competing against, right? Yeah. So here's another one. This is the um, <laughs> if you play double A at high school, yeah. shouldn't you try to play double A at 
at youth. And, you know, I'm talking about the Moundsview, the Irondale, the Jeffersons, the Roseville, the ones that I'm the biggest supporters of. I'm a huge supporter of this because I think if we lose that inner ring suburb teams, if we lose those teams, you know, Armstrong, those teams, we lose those those associations, um, it's bad for hockey, really bad. We should have hockey in Columbia Heights. We should have hockey in Brooklyn Park and Brooklyn Center. We really don't have hockey there. And it scares me that we don't have hockey in those places. So I hate to, you know, trash these associations. But at the same time, would it be better for Roseville and Jefferson to field double A teams so then those kids can, you know, feel what it's like to play at that speed from 12 years old so when they get to, you know, Bantam, you know, or they get to high school, they're ready for that speed. I don't know, just a thought. I think it's coming for Roseville at least. I think for Jefferson too. We saw their their squared A team was pretty darn good this year. They've had a few good squared A teams back-to-back, so I think it's coming. They were, but I get a better sense, and this is me just talking – you know, out both ears here. I get a better sense that the vibe in Roseville is geared toward keeping these groups together. I do too. I th- more than, and I'll use the last Bloomington Jefferson double a Bantam team as an example. Cold, Cole Cheeseman, Lincoln Ayers, Assad, the Lechners are not at Jefferson high school. Correct. The only kid that I can remember from Roseville who, when they were one of the best PWA teams in the state during COVID, I talked to a parent and I said, so is everybody kind of thinking about sticking around? He said, yeah, except for one. So it was only one kid out of that whole team who thought they might be going to a Hill Murray type. Right. And so the vibe I get from Roseville is more that they're going to stick together. And then you do have a double A that's what I'm saying. I think it's coming for Roseville. In Roseville's defense, they've never won a youth. They've won one. They've won one. They won the 1990 Midget A state championship. Really? And they won the 1974 Bantam A national championship. Listen to you. Those you are the you two. You must really pay attention to that wall when you're over there. Those are uh, Exactly. Those are the two, though. Roseville has not won a traditional youth level Wee or Bantam state championship. Okay. Even All in right. I'm going to look at 1974 right here. If memory serves me, they didn't win state, but they won the national championship for That's that impressive. age group. That's impressive. Okay, so they won state in 74. Steve Olseth was the big uh, stud. Was the big Kahuna. I played uh, men's league against Steve Olseth. If I could track it's down really a 1974 good. Roseville Bantam A roster, that would be incredible. I think it's coming for Roseville. I'm not as sure about Jefferson. What about Armstrong? I think they should stay. In A. Yeah. I do too. I, I think mean, it's a better. I, I, my opinion better doesn't really matter, you know. Um, but I'm just, these are things we hear. We hear this around the internet. I figure it'd be a fun little topic to bring up. Yeah. Here's, here's my last point about a team like an Armstrong Cooper. Let's say, you know, your high school plays double A. And this is kind of the same point I made with Jefferson. Your high school plays double A. So wouldn't you want to prepare your players to play double A hockey? Oh, half the team is going to Benilde or half the team is going to Totino. So you're telling me that we just went from Bantam A where we went 40 and 5 and went to the state tournament and finished third. You want us to play double A so that we can go 30 and 22 
and lose in the second round of regions for the sake of development when our high school program is not going to reap the benefits of that development. I, I just developed half of Benilde's JV team at what so that we could play double A. Yeah. Wouldn't you rather go to state if you're not going to get a crack at, at some of those kids? All right, you brought up Steve Olseth, and you brought up a good memory there for me. <laughs> Steve Olseth? So here, uh, I'm reading the 1981 roster for the University of Minnesota. Steve Olseth was the second leading scorer on the team. Uh, he had 41 goals and 52 assists for 93 points. Okay. Guess who the leading scorer on that team was? He was second line, by the way. Give me a hint. Uh, the leading scorer on the team was Aaron Broughton. He had, what the f- I he said had, a hint. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, he, uh, the fourth leading scorer won the Hobie Baker Award. Give me a hint. Give me a cookie. The fourth leading scorer won the Hobie Baker Award, the first ever Hobie handed out. He has a grandson named Henry Meyer. Oh, poop. <laughs> Neil Broughton. More hints? Neil Broughton. Yes, that's the fourth leading scorer. Uh, Who do you think the third leading scorer was? I'm going to give you a hint. The player on the same line as Neil Broughton, Aaron Broughton in high school. Butsy Erickson. There you go. He had 86 points. Mid. Very mid. Uh, Steve Alseth from Roseville had 93 points. That team lost in the national championship in Duluth, Minnesota to Wisconsin in the national championship. Is there a college hockey player anywhere near those point totals right now? No, it's just, it's, I think it goes down to goaltending. Goaltending's so much better now. Okay. The equipment, It's not like they're better. playing more games here, but that's no, 106 no. points. 40, 45 games the played. Leading... Aaron Broughton had 106 points. That's unbelievable. That's got to be a record. If not, it's got to be close to the record. What, look up Google NCAA record for most. Oh, right now, in right now season. I'm looking at this year's scoring leader for the U. Oh, it's, it's got like Logan Cooley or something. Forty, probably forty points, maybe forty five stats. What's he got? 45? Why do you people use point streak? I know, I know. Wait, this isn't point streak. What is this? I can't even tell what this is. I want individual stats. There, fifty two. Fifty two points. Thirty five games. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Fifty two. Aaron Broughton laughs at you, Logan Cooley. I know, I know. Did you say um, to look up all-time leaders in points, points for one season? For one season. It says 116. Who had that? Paul Correa? I've oh, no, no, no. Tell me, tell me the program. This. Tell me the program. How to read his last name. I don't Tell know. me the program. This is a really weird website. It's a crappy website. Well, Adam Fantilli leads this year. He has 60 North points. North Dakota? Okay, what year? Am I? I don't know if this is even right. Uh, 1986. 1986. Ooh, 1986. Tony Hurkacz. North Dakota. It is. Oh, Hurkacz. Yes. Yeah. Good job. 116. 116. Who's number two? Bill Watson had 109. Are you on the same website? No, now? I'm on the site. Yeah. Dang Steve it. Steve Moria Tied. had 109. 109. Dave Rost had 108. Dave Taylor 108, Dave Murr 108, Dave Murr 106. <laughs> so he's was seventh. seventh on the list, yeah. Yeah. See, a another, lot more I points see another in the name on there that I like. Who's that? Jimmy Montgomery. Yes. There's a lot of good players here. A lot of good players. So there you have it. Um, I don't know how we got off of that. <laughs> 
track real quick, but we did. You said Steve Allseth, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love that guy. I, I want to see player. a roster from that team. He was a great I really, player. Really do. He was a great player. So um, let's say our thanks for the season. Uh, I want to thank everybody here at YHH. I think I've done this quite a bit, but it never gets old. Uh, Peter uh, and Kayla uh, for this show, but also the support staff, uh, Todd Hulk and uh, Sharon Evans, Crystal Howard, Laura Honak, who does all of our scores uh, on on uh, the now ranking scores that nobody sees all the hard work that these guys put in. Um, and then obviously the photographers uh, and freelance photographers like Brianna Bergen, Burnham, uh, Brennan Shockman, Charlie Decker, uh, ben List did some reporting for us this year. Danny Ryan. Bjorn Frankie. Bjorn Frankie. Uh, uh, Anders Frankie. Uh, Anders Frankie. Uh, all, uh, Matt Jasper. Matt Jasper. I mean, the list of photographers. Tom Kupich. Tom, yeah, Tom Kupich is one of the unsung heroes for us, as well as uh, Lynn Bellis is probably one of the more well-known. Dave Bellis. All the people <laughs> that have helped out. There's just... You know, countless number of people who Julie help Deutsch. us every year put on great events, put on great coverage, put on an experience. And yesterday, it really, you know, Saturday and Sunday uh, in Prior Lake, I must have gotten 10, 15 different people from different communities, guys from Hibbing, guys from Medina, guys from Grand Rapids, everybody coming up, shaking my hand, saying thanks for all the stuff that you guys do. Um, I'm going to read you a DM that I got. I'm not sure if you read this one, Peter. It's phenomenal. It, it kind of just, it's real short and it's real sweet. It says, thank you, Tony, for you guys' all, all your guys' hard work you did this year. It's priceless, and we appreciate you. Have a great rest of the year. Oh, that's nice. Without oh. you guys, it's just blah. You make it so fun. Thank you. Thank you uh, for all the thanks and all the appreciation. We do appreciate it. Thank you to our sponsors uh, for this show. Uh, Map South Hockey and Lakes Area Realty for making this show possible. For Kayla and Peter, I'm Tony Scott. We'll see you guys next year. You need to stay up out the streets if you can't take the heat. You need to stay up out the streets if you can't take the heat. Cause it get cold like Minnesota.